Hi everyone. Today was supposed to be a continuation of Sarah's journey, which had aired last week, but because I had some technical difficulties in the editing process, um, I decided to push that off to next week and we are going to have um, Kayla's story this week instead. So come back next week to hear part two of Sarah's journey. But for now, um, I cannot wait for you all to hear Kayla's story. I loved listening to it and I can't wait for you all to hear it too. Enjoy. It was really just the most peaceful, awesome experience. Then of course I started crying and my first words were, I freaking did it. <laughs> I really could not believe that I did it. Like, that was it. We have four kids. We have a son. Like, I did it. <laughs> it was awesome. Hi, I'm Danielle. Welcome to the Birth Journeys podcast. It is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight tools and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. Today we have Kayla back on. Um, she shared her stories, her three um, previous birth stories back um, a couple months ago, and she's back to share um, a fresh, brand new story. She's still newly postpartum, and I'm so excited to hear hear your stories, Kayla. <laughs> Welcome back. I know. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So to start off, why don't you just give just a really quick, um, brief recap of just what you kind of had chose for your previous, um, pregnancies and then kind of go into what you chose this time and why, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Yeah. Um, with my first baby, uh, we were definitely set on having a hospital birth, um, because my husband was very terrified of the idea of home birth. Um, and so they had a hospital birth for my first baby and also for my second. Um, and then with my third baby, I had hired a midwife, um, to have the baby in the hospital, but with a midwife expecting like more holistic care. Um, and that didn't quite go the way I had hoped it did or it would have. Um, and so I landed on home birth with this baby. Hmm. Awesome. So yeah. how did you go about the process of um, finding a midwife and choosing a midwife? Yeah. So in my town, um, there, <laughs> there's not a whole bunch of them, um, a whole bunch of options, a whole bunch of midwives. Um but I had a girlfriend, one of my really, really good friends, who'd had three of her babies um, at home. And so I was really obsessed with her birth stories um, and seeing, mm -hmm. uh, like, hearing her stories and, and watching her do it. It made me feel like I definitely could do it. But then also I'd had my experiences with our local hospital um, that weren't fantastic at all. Uh, and so it really pushed me to uh, seek care that I deserved um, mm -hmm. and that I, I was really, really hoping for, like the caliber of care that I, I was hoping for. Um, and so I reached out. I interviewed. Um, so my... I had a loss in between um, my third and fourth babies. And for that pregnancy, I interviewed midwives. And then I experienced my loss. And um, when I found myself pregnant again, I kind of knew um, better what questions to ask midwives. Because mm. my first interview with a midwife, I really was like... <laughs> Yay, you're hired. <laughs> I was just so excited to be working with midwives um, mm. that when I came back, it was like, okay, no, I actually have some some questions. And I, I really don't think that there's like a certain um, guide that people should ask. I think it's 
highly personal, but I would encourage anybody who's going to sit down with a midwife and consider hiring them to really like consider what's important to you. And if you have any anxieties or any questions, like really bring that to the midwives and let them answer you because it really changes everything. Um, sometimes, you know, we're all human. And so you'll meet someone and maybe not jive immediately with them and somebody else you'll really, really jive with. Um, mm. But for, in my experience, um, there was a midwife that I really, really got along with super well. Um, and then some things happened that I didn't really feel super confident um, in her care any longer. And so I actually switched care um, and I switched to a local group of midwives and one of them, I, when I had initially interviewed her, I didn't really jive with her very well. But then when I was under her care and then like getting to know her, I was like, oh, maybe when I met you, you just didn't have like the best day. Like <laughs> you're a human too. I'm a human. Yeah. Maybe I was a little grouchy, like, cause she was so fantastic and ended up being like, oh, she's my person. Like, <laughs> I just love her mm. so much. So Aww, I, I just that. would encourage you to like, really go in. Obviously we're all emotional and some people like myself lead with emotion. Um, so it's a little bit harder to gauge, but really like lean on their knowledge. And, um, if you don't feel comfortable or you don't feel safe, like you don't have to stay either. That was a, a big thing. Like when I was with my OB and things would happen that I didn't like, I always felt obligated to stay in their care. And then mm -hmm. with the midwives, it was like, Oh wait, there's better out there. Like I can have a better provider than this and I can have a better experience because of it. And mm -hmm. I totally did. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just, yeah, um, I always really keep your options that, open, you know? Yeah. I always wonder why that is like, cause I've experienced that as well. Like, you know, that obligation to stay, like, I wonder why it's in us to kind of like feel that, um, that weird, like, like, I don't want to hurt my doctor's feelings or something like, like yeah, they don't care. Yeah, like, you like you're just a number to them. For them. Yeah. It's so yeah. silly because yeah, it, totally. If you don't jive with, you know, a doctor or a midwife, like it's totally fine to, to like seek yeah. out other options. And yeah. So thank you for sharing that. That's something that yeah. not a lot of people did... realize that they can do. <laughs> Yeah. And I also wanted to um, kind of explain I, what I what I wasn't enjoying the first time that I met this midwife was that I felt like she was interviewing me instead of me interviewing mm. her. And so it didn't feel very comfortable. But I walked in not knowing anything. And then I realized, like, if I have a bad day or if I'm not the right client for you, um, then you're going to have a bad day. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like when, when it comes yeah. to birth, like if I'm a train wreck disaster, then you're going to have a train wreck disaster on your hands. <laughs> so mm -hmm. they're going to interview you back, you know? Um, so it just, it was a really big learning experience for me. But then also like when I was having this experience with the midwife that I switched from, um, I did not feel safe in her care. And mm -hmm when I was considering this group of midwives where I'd interviewed this midwife that I didn't jive with, I realized that like, okay, maybe you're not my favorite personality, but I feel safe with you. And so, and I trust you. Like, I don't feel like I would be in danger if I was with you. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like I said, we fostered this awesome relationship and I just absolutely adore her. Um, and I think we just had a weird day because we're really similar humans. <laughs> But yeah. there is a difference. So if you're feeling that in your gut, like, oh, I don't feel safe here. This is wrong. This isn't what I want. Like, please, please, please seek out other providers because it, it really impacts your birth big time. Um, so you had mentioned that, um, like, at least with your first birth, um, that your husband was like, no, we're doing it in the hospital. He wasn't really open to the mm -hmm. idea of any other way. So what kind of made him um, come around to being open to the idea of, of having a home birth? Yeah, I think it was um, a few things. I would say first it was just experience. Um, at this point, I've had, you know, three babies. And so I feel like he 
um, finally got to the point where he was like, okay, I trust her, which <laughs> sounds so <laughs> weird because he obviously trusts me the whole time. But um, there is a difference um, in like the empowerment that he felt watching me experience it and mm-hmm. um, be able to have babies, um, bird them vaginally and, and without pain medication and without complication. I, I really think that he began to find empowerment um, and trust in me that way. Um, and that's not the case for everybody's relationship. That's maybe just mine. Um, but he was just so nervous about it. Um, and then after when I had that loss, I um, had it, it, I was never officially diagnosed with a hemorrhage, but there's no other way to explain the amount of bleeding and what I was experiencing. And it's super common after a miscarriage to hemorrhage. That's actually like the most common time for hemorrhage um, is what this is what my midwife was telling me, which I had no idea. And so um, I think having seen something go wrong and being able to handle it, I think that also empowered him like personally on a personal level because he really stepped up and had to advocate for me and, and um, help me through that with the hospital staff and um, with our kids. Like we really had to make quick decisions. And I mm-hmm. think that he felt um, more confident in himself as well. Yeah. Um, so I would say it was probably those two things, but mostly experience. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know it's so common for our husbands because they're like either naturally like a protector, you know, and they want to make sure that we're safe. And, you know, so yeah. it's like so natural for them to be like, well, what's the safest thing, you know, and like what we're yeah. told and what's kind of, you know, ingrained in us is hospital. That's the safest place, you know, but I totally yeah. agree. I think that when they see us go through that experience of like childbirth um and how like we literally like we really are created to do it and our bodies do it and know what to do like it can be mm-hmm. really empowering for them so that makes yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and the fact that too like i re-listened to your previous story today um just so it was kind of fresh on my mind and um, yeah, just rehearing some of the things that you had gone through just ugh, made me so mad. <laughs> so like knowing yeah. that he also had to witness those things. Um, I'm sure that it comes to a point for some men when they see their wives going through this and like stuff or certain things and being treated a certain way, like for them to just kind of be like, okay, that's enough. Like, <laughs> like no more, yeah, we're going to yeah. do something different. So yeah, that makes a lot. Well, of and it was also super fantastic because when I met with midwives, <laughs> they wanted to meet him also. And so there was multiple oh. appointments where he joined um, and he was forming relationships with them, but also watching how they interact with me and how they respond to me. Like there were multiple times. Um, well, actually, so he came to a total of three appointments and I cried at all three. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wouldn't say I was overly emotional my entire pregnancy, just those three appointments. <laughs> but he got to see, you know, how they respond to me. And when I would ask questions, the way that they would react and the information they would give, um, it's very different than what you experience with an OB. And that also boosts confidence um, mm. because I wasn't a number. I was actually like a whole human. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. they cared about me and they care about me as an individual um, and not just as like, oh, a paycheck or, you know. Um, So I think I think seeing it in action was also like confirming to him that this is the right choice. She's in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband was the same when we um, met with our midwife um, after he talked to her, like, it was no question. He was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm on board. Mm -hmm. I'm good. Like we're doing this. So yeah, ladies out there, if your husband is hesitant, just drag him to the midwife appointment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Oh, funny. But anyway, so why don't we segue into, um, your pregnancy? Um, do you want to share a little bit about how that went as far as just 
um, your prenatal time or how it was actually going to your prenatal appointments with the midwives, what that might look like, and also just kind of how you felt in general. Um, yeah. The basic. Yeah. When we had settled on um, having midwives, we knew that the care was going to be different um, and we expected it to be different. <laughs> um, and it's, it's so much more personalized. So when I found out that I was pregnant, I, I was super emotional, um, because I had been like in a perfect world. I had this idea that I was going to have this loss and wait six months and let my body recover and recover emotionally. Um, and then we would try. And because I'd experienced, um, like secondary infertility, um, I had this idea that it would not be quickly that we would conceive. And I found myself pregnant in February after one time being intimate without any type mm. of protection. And that was so shocking. Um, and there's something that kind of happens after you've had a loss where it's, it's not that you're not excited. You just can't be excited. Like I was mm -hmm. very much excited and very much wanted to have another child. Um, but there is this overwhelming like doom almost that I don't think that this is real or there's no possible way that this baby's going to live to term or that I'm going to actually have a fourth child. Like I had this really emotional reaction and was really guarded um, and super scared, <laughs> like super, super scared and sad. And, and um, there's a lot of complex emotions that come with pregnancy after loss. And so mm -hmm. Um, speaking with midwives, I remember around probably 17 weeks, um, I was feeling really frustrated with myself because I would see my midwives and we would use the Doppler and I would hear the heartbeat and I would feel really good, really awesome leaving. And then within like three or four days, I would start having like this voice in the back of my mind telling me something's gone wrong. Um, there's no way, you know, that things are still good. Like you're going to go to your next appointment and get bad news. Um, and so it was just this cyclical thing and I would end up going in and having them use the Doppler on me. Not when, when I didn't have an appointment, just like randomly go into the office and I would hear the heartbeat and then <laughs> I would feel good for a few days. And it just, that was like a wash, rinse, repeat cycle for me. Um, in my anxiety and around like 17 weeks, I basically bullied myself and, and just said like, you're being ridiculous. And I was really unkind in the things that I was saying to myself. And when I shared that with my midwife, she was like, you have every reason to feel this way. What do you mean? Like, do you forget what you've experienced? It's totally mm -hmm. okay. Like you deserve grace and, and you are, it's okay to have complex emotions and it's okay to have to come in and hear the heartbeat all the time. Like that is okay. And we're here to support you through this. Um, mm. And for some reason that like, I tell, I would tell any woman who was experiencing the same thing. If that was shared with me, I would say, give yourself grace. This is normal. Like I just couldn't yeah. say it to myself. I couldn't hear it for myself. And so as soon as she gave me permission, it was like my whole perspective and um, like, all of the feelings that I had towards pregnancy just shifted and I actually felt way lighter and really excited. And, um, generally I would say that the care from a midwife to an OB, um, their knowledge on, I want to say like, um, your vitamin levels and it's not just like, okay, go get a multivitamin. You need to be taking this prenatal, take an iron supplement. Like there is some in-depth problem solving that happens. Like it is so much more, um, than just these quick band-aid easy fixes. Um, but emotionally as well. So yeah. it's like across the whole span of care, you are like, it, they're, they're investing in you and you're investing in them. Like mm -hmm. it's just the best. <laughs> the best <laughs> yeah I love that I think I shared this on another podcast episode but um I was listening to um the birthing instincts podcast 
like a while a while back and they were saying the average woman spends about five minutes each appointment with their doctor and like by the end it totals up to something like 60 minutes or something and so like you're having this person come and like basically catch your baby but like that you've known for an hour of your life <laughs> so like yeah. I love that that you experienced that with you know with your midwives like that you were able to oh, yeah. really like have that deep emotional connection and you know be vulnerable with them and have them like support you and encourage you especially because pregnancy after loss is so hard like it's just mm -hmm. you know it's just so hard to go through and for them to be so understanding and supportive and encouraging, like that is priceless. Like, Oh, I just love oh, yeah. that so much. It's amazing. Yeah. And the thing is too, is like, I didn't realize how different it really was. So when I, mm. when I switched from my OB to the midwife that works in the hospital, I thought, Oh my gosh, this is like the most amazing care ever. And when I look back, mm -hmm. I'm like, it literally was the same exact thing. I think I wow. just was reading into the label more mm -hmm. than um, I was actually reading into my own experience because it's, it is nowhere near the same. Like every appointment that I saw them was 45 minutes to an hour. Um, I mean, I really was cared for. They, um, my one midwife would do, um, massage. So she would use the Doppler on my belly and then she taught me how to do belly massage, but then she also would massage my belly. And like, it sounds like such a strange thing because nobody would ever expect their OB to be gentle and kind <laughs> with them that way, like physically kind with them. But it was so awesome. Like it really was just the coolest experience. Like I was so cared for. And I deserve mm. to be cared for, you know, like it yeah. really, really was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love, love that you said that in the beginning, like that you came to a point where you needed to choose the care that you deserved. Like that mm -hmm. is such a, a powerful statement because like being just met with for five minutes and brushed off and, you know, like not listened to and told <laughs> that like, Oh, you're imagining things or, or we don't, we don't do that test. Like, you know, I know a lot of women, you know, that have miscarriages want their progesterone tested and OBs won't do that. Yeah. A lot of them, like, you yeah. know, and for, for them, you know, like, it's just frustrating because we do deserve better care than that. And it's so unfortunate that we've just come to a place where we accept, um, that kind of, you know, conveyor belt system, like in and out you know, no connection, oh, yeah. no, not like, you know, in depth personalization of care as the norm. Yep. So I, I love that powerful statement of, of, yes, this is the care that you deserve that in depth, um, yeah. deep connection. Like, yeah, totally. I love that. So good. <laughs> and I will say too, that I totally thought like, oh my gosh, I love my OBs. They're so fantastic. Like I had, I had doctors that I adored and then looking mm -hmm. back, I'm like, okay, but it's just different because I'm like almost idolizing these doctors who are going to be so amazing and keep me safe and all this stuff is very different than like, no, I love these women. Like these women that mm. cared for me, I literally love them. Like I, I, in two weeks, I have my six week postpartum appointment and that's like my last appointment with them. And it makes me emotional. Like I have to say goodbye to you. <laughs> like, I don't want to, <laughs> I want to be your friend. I want to, I want you in my life forever. Like, it really is mm. so different. I can't put enough emphasis on um, what the potential that you can have in these relationships with your midwives. Like, it really is a special, special thing. Mm, I love that. Oh, that's beautiful. So what about your actual pregnancy? How did you feel? Um, so something that I didn't mention on the last podcast was that I have had issues with my gallbladder um, in every pregnancy. <laughs> I don't know why. When we talked about it, you asked, how was the pregnancy? And I was like, oh, so easy, so fantastic. And then I'm like, why didn't I mention this? <laughs> it's such a weird thing. You get on the podcast and just things go out, um, out of your mind. But I had issues with my gallbladder in all of my pregnancies. And that had always been my chief complaint was I was, I would hit like 
20 something weeks. And then I would start having this pain that I really couldn't get away from. And it was super uncomfortable. Um, and for all three of my first pregnancies, I was told it was my liver. I was told that my liver is not fatty. It's just inflamed or it's the baby's pressing against it. Um, it was always my liver. It was always my liver. And this is the first time I sat down with a doctor, well, a midwife who said, I think it's your gallbladder. <laughs> and mm. I had an ultrasound done and sure enough, it was my gallbladder. Wow. Um, and it has, it's the identical pain that I've had in every single pregnancy. It was just took like my midwives looking at me and considering all of these things and saying, I think this is your gallbladder. <laughs> and sure wow. enough, it was. So I was able to tailor my diet, be a little bit more intentional, um, make some changes. And I didn't have that pain through the end of my pregnancy for the first time wow. in four times, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise, my pregnancy was so easy. <laughs> like <laughs> this one actually was easy. I really mean that. <laughs> um, part of it, I wonder is um, if it was hormonal, because this baby is my first boy. Um, and my other three babies are girls. And so I, I do wonder if it was estrogen <laughs> that would make me have these crazy migraines, um, every day of pregnancy because I didn't have, I had maybe three total my entire wow. pregnancy. I mean, I really felt so good. I felt so good. Mm. I had this crippling anxiety for the first half. And then it was like the smoothest sailing ever. It was so fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and I do believe that this is our fourth and final baby. And so it was such a blessing to have such an easy pregnancy and to be so well cared for. Like, I feel like a totally different human on the other side of it. It was really transformative mm -hmm. and just incredible. Mm. Love that. I love that they were able to figure, like, just to know that, that, like, this, nope, this is what's going on and not brush you off again. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, like, yeah, you know, you had been. Oh, that's just another, another thing. <laughs> Give them another point. Yep. <laughs> mm. Yep. <laughs> so, what about um, going into your actual birth story? How far along were you when you went into labor? Uh, well, this is kind of crazy because my first babies all came at or before 40 weeks. And so I, of course, had in my mind that this baby was going to come at or before 40 weeks. And so uh, when I hit 41 weeks in two days, I was a little <laughs> emotional. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, was, I went nine days overdue. And so that was, man... You think you're prepared and then you get to nine days overdue and <laughs> there's nothing you can do to prepare yourself for being that pregnant. Yeah. Like you're going to feel feelings about it. <laughs> and I definitely did. <laughs> but Was there yeah, any so, um, like pressure from your midwives of like, did they have a cutoff or anything of how far you could go? So our state has a cutoff. Um, okay. my midwives personally, I, I mean, I didn't ask them personally what they would feel comfortable with, but our state says that once you hit 42 weeks, you have to transfer care. And so at 41 weeks, it's recommended that you have an ultrasound done. And it's basically just like a red tape type of thing. Um, they mm -hmm. do it because then when you go in and you meet with an OB, like they can see that there wasn't any, um, physical reason basically that that you weren't going into labor like there wasn't something going on with the baby um it's dotting your eyes and crossing your t's basically so i had a scan at 41 weeks one day um and i also met my midwife that day and i opted to have a membrane like have my membrane stripped um which is really a personal thing um i wouldn't i would have preferred not to have had it but i definitely was feeling um, a little bit anxious about potentially having to transfer care. And so I was open yeah. to that intervention. Um, but that is the only time that I was ever checked or anything, um, my whole pregnancy. Um, so there was none of the, you know, OBs will sometimes come in and they'll say, Oh, I'm going to check you today. 
And I always wanted to say, no, you're not, but I never had the guts <laughs> to do it. And this Aww. time there was no pressure. It was literally me saying like, can we do a membrane stripping? And, mm-hmm. um, so I had that done at 41 and one, and then I had my ultrasound and I'd been having, um, some pretty consistent contractions, but they just would never stay. They would never build to actual labor. And I, it was really exhausting and kind of frustrating because I would have five hours of it and think, okay, we're getting somewhere. And then I would go to sleep and wake up still pregnant. This is so common. This is not like a special thing yeah. that happens only to me. Um, but when you're in it, it feels like a lot. It feels kind of overwhelming and sad and frustrating. And you're so ready to meet this baby. And so... Um, after I had my membrane stripped, I came home and I was having contractions that night. And at this point I was like, well, it's either going to be something or it's not, I'm going to bed. (laughs) And so I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning and was still having contractions, but they were farther apart about every 10 minutes. Um, and then the first time that I went to the restroom, I had, um, some bloody show, which for me, I know is usually going to be 24-ish hours I'll be in labor. Um, that's pretty indicative for me. And so I had bloody show, and um, I texted my mother-in-law, who's going to watch our older girls, and told her that, you know, I think maybe labor's not far. And she was like, can I come get the kids right now? <laughs> and I said, I don't know, because I'm not in labor yet. <laughs> And so um, I kept kind of laboring. They were getting a little bit, my favorite way to describe it is spicy. So <laughs> my contractions mm-hmm. were getting a little spicy. And uh, at about uh, 1 p.m., my mother-in-law was like, okay, I'm coming and getting them. Like, too bad. Now I'm getting them. And she got here, and I had the first contraction that I really had to, like, focus through when she was here. And she was like, yep, it's time. I was right. <laughs> And so she took the kiddos, um, and it actually was just my youngest, and then she picked up the big ones from school. But um, then my husband and I just kind of hung out. We watched a movie. Um, I bounced on the ball. It really was just, like, peaceful laboring, just the two of us. Um, And then around four, my contraction, I was laying in bed, and I had a contraction, and I couldn't lay down anymore. And I got up and moved to the ball and I had two contractions there. And the second contraction, I could not be on the ball anymore. And so I knew I was going to have to be moving. Um, that's, I, I felt that. And so I texted my doula and told her that I'm definitely feeling like this is ramping up and she's welcome to come. So uh, at about four, I texted my doula and told her she could come over. She said, great, I'll be there in about an hour. <laughs> And then an hour later, I was like, where are you? (laughs) She said, I'll be there in like five minutes. I'm right around the corner. And um, when she, as soon as she walked in the door, I literally, I burst into tears. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm really happy that you're here. I don't know why I'm crying. (laughs) And it was just really like overwhelmingly emotional that like, okay, we're doing this. Like now's time. And so... She asked um, if I wanted to try to labor on the toilet, which I had never done before. Um, And I said, sure. So I um, sat backwards on the toilet, um, leaning over the bowl. And then this was like so awesome. She, um, She taught my husband how to do counter pressure and different things that he could do to support me. So instead of her being my support person, she was she'd demonstrate for my husband and show him how, and then she would let he, like he got to physically be my support person. And I actually Mm. really, really loved that. Like at one point (laughs) there was like someone, she was, well, there was rubbing on like my thigh and it was like kind of near my bum. And she was like, by the way, that's Nick because I was like in labor la la land and had no (laughs) idea who was touching me. And I was like, we were cracking up. It was so funny, but um, yeah, he, funny. so he got to do all of the things and it was awesome to have him be able to be so involved because 
often there's not a whole lot that husbands can really do. Um, and he's definitely like the anxious watcher who kind of giggles when you're in pain because he's totally overwhelmed. Like, um, so him having something <laughs> to do with his hands was awesome. Um, but yeah, so I, I had, I labored on the toilet for, uh, I mean, I couldn't even tell you timelines because it just happens the way that it does, but I eventually couldn't do it anymore. Um, and so I moved into the shower and I leaned over my husband and, um, he held the shower head at, um, my lower back. And that was a big relief. I knew the water was going to be a big relief. And I had a pool that was about halfway filled up, but my water heater didn't have enough water to fill it completely. So we were waiting for it to rewarm up, but then I ended up in the shower using the hot water anyways. <laughs> and so I labored like that for a bit. And then it was like, okay, if I'm going to fill that pool, I got to get out. So, um, I had my husband go call the midwife because at this point I had gone from super relaxed, um, just kind of vocalizing through contractions, um, to feeling like I was going to like, I couldn't keep my legs straight. Um, I couldn't stand up straight. I was really like curled in on myself and felt myself tensing up. And I knew that we were getting closer. It was just the intensity was really increasing. So um, Nick stepped out and called my midwife and then they started. Um, or No, not at that point. I thought they started working on the pool, but um, it was definitely as soon as my midwife got here that that started happening. So anyways, um I came out of the shower and I labored on all fours and um, that was really rough for a few contractions and I leaned over a ball for a few contractions and then it got rough again and um, I just kept finding myself switching um, but I had a doula who was helping Nick the whole time do counter pressure or shake the apple tree or um at one point a scarf came down around my belly and they lifted my belly. Um, so I was on all fours, but my belly was supported and, um, they just did, they were an awesome team. Um, but it was, it's just a whirlwind. Like <laughs> it feels very fluid. Um, looking back that it's just kind of natural. Like we all were just, I was laboring and they were just physically supporting where and how they could. And, if I needed to move, there was ideas for how to move and where to move. And um, it was really, really peaceful, but definitely intense. Um, so when my midwife got here, I had just laid down in bed and on my left side and I had a contraction and it was the only one that I would say was painful um, the whole labor. And I made a lot of noise through that contraction and I realized that I was kind of losing my grip um, on my emotions and that that was going to impact how I was feeling and how these contractions felt. And so, um, I just kind of decided that I, my next contraction, I was going to not make a sound. I was going to be still and not make a sound. And I, I that, and I focused on relaxing every muscle in my body through the contraction and it was way better. <laughs> So I labored like that for probably 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes, not making a sound. I just laid in bed and didn't talk to or I didn't do anything. I just laid and the contraction would come and I would focus on like um, relaxing my eyebrows or <laughs> making sure my shoulders weren't tense, uh, just really kind of riding through it instead of fighting it. Mm -hmm. um, and that helped a whole bunch. And um, my midwife finally had the pool ready. <laughs> so they said, asked if I wanted to move. And I said, yes, because I had just had a contraction where I started feeling pushy. So we moved to the pool and I sat down in it. And the next contraction was really intense. And so... Um, my doula put a towel, like a wet, um, cool towel over across my eyes. And 
it brought so much relief. I don't know why, <laughs> but that was like saving me. And so um, I would basically have about two contractions and then I would flip the towel and back to a, the cool side. And then I would have another two and she would switch it with a different towel. And that is how I labored for the last hour of my labor. Um, and then, yeah, it was pretty much time, but I was not in a good position. Um, and so what's crazy is I didn't realize like what the room looked like. <laughs> that sounds insane to say, but I walked from my bed out and I got in the pool and I didn't look around or anything. Um, but how they had it set up was there was a flashlight pushed against the outside of the pool. So the pool was illuminated. There was not, I mean, maybe one other light on in my house. Everybody who was there was whispering and talking really quietly. And I really was just laboring and mm. it was so peaceful and calm. And I like when that towel came off after the baby was born, I was like, Oh, hello. Like <laughs> I really didn't even see anyone. I didn't have any clue how things were set up. I just was so in it. Um, which I had never, I've never experienced that before in labor. I've heard about it, but I've never experienced it until mm -hmm. this time. Um, and so I was laboring and my midwife said, you know, why don't we try a different position? Because I was seated in the pool and I told her that I was nervous to move because I didn't want, I didn't want it to hurt basically. Um, and she said, okay, but if it is intense, then the next contraction, like before the next contraction, we'll just move again. And so I trusted her. <laughs> I rolled over to on my left side again and the contraction came and instinctually I raised my right foot and put it at the top of the pool. And so I, I my left knee and my left foot were on the ground and my right foot was at the edge of the pool and my um, my butt was basically like floating between the two. I just had it like lifted and, um, the contraction came and I felt like I needed to push and I kind of gasped and, um, the contraction ended and my midwife asked me what happened. And I said, it just felt really intense. Like I was kind of pushing it. That was a lot. <laughs> and she said, trust your body and trust your baby, um, that he knows how to be born and you know how to birth him. Like just trust it next time. Just let it push. And so I said, okay. And the contraction started and I pushed and the pressure was really intense. And I felt this huge gush and I, it was like such a relief. And I lifted the towel to look down thinking that it was his head and my midwife said, your water broke. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so it wasn't his head. Like, <laughs> I still have to push him out all the way. Um, but it was it was a huge relief. And then she said, okay, the next contraction might be pretty intense. And she was not wrong. It was definitely intense. Once your fluids rupture, it really changes things. Um, and I didn't realize that because I had labored with waters intact or I'd had um, – pain medication on board by the time my waters were ruptured. Like I just did not register how different it is with and without fluid, but it's a big difference. Mm. So that contraction came and my body started pushing. I, I really didn't have any control over the pushing. Um, I pushed in a way that I've never um, pushed in previous births because it's always been coached pushing. And so this time it was just me kind of doing it. And I started pushing and it got intense and I kind of um, like had this staggered breath um, while I was pushing, but it wasn't like a bear down and just shove him out type of situation. It really was like every time that I would breathe out, this baby would drop a little bit farther. Um, and I gave the smallest intentional push at the end of that contraction and the rest of his head was born. And, 
Um, my midwife asked me to hold on one second because he had a nuchal hand, which means his hand presented with his face. And he also had a nuchal cord, which um, his hand was under the cord wrapped up by his face. And so she unwrapped his cord and then said, okay, the next contraction, like it's all, it's all you. And, um, the next contraction I pushed and my son was born <laughs> right into the water in my living room. Mm -hmm. And she untangled him under the water. And then she said, okay, you ready? And I said, I'm ready. And she picked him mm -hmm. up out of the water and put him on my chest. And there he was. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was really just the most peaceful, awesome experience. Then, of course, I started crying, and my first words were, I freaking did it! Because <laughs> I really could not believe that I did it. Like, that was it. We have four kids. We have a son. Like, I did it. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, and he pinked up well, and I just sat in the pool for a minute. I finally said hello to everybody else who was there. <laughs> Because um, a team comes, right? So for us, it was my midwife, and then she brings an assistant, and then usually there's a third person who um, records minutes. So that's just basically like at 9.50, we checked the baby's heart rate, and it was this. And um, it's, it's just a, a record of what's going on while you're laboring. Mm -hmm. And so I said hi to them, and my... Um, the midwife that I had really connected with had come in while I was laboring and I didn't even hear or see her. I had no idea. So as soon as I pulled off the towel, I was like, Oh my gosh, hi. Like I didn't mean to be rude and not <laughs> say hello to you. <laughs> um, but it was just incredible. I, I could not believe that I was sitting in my living room holding my son that I had just birthed. Um, and so they asked me if I was ready to get out. Well, I, the placenta, um, had to be delivered and that was about five minutes later. Um, and I, I mean, his cord was white and limp and it was the longest delayed clamp that I've ever <laughs> been able to have because all, every OB just clamped it immediately. So that was a first, um, and I got a little crampy and that's usually a sign that it's coming. And so, um, I gave a push and out it came and massive placenta like it was huge it practically had a second lobe which i guess is not really common um but it was just a really large dense placenta <laughs> i just remember looking at it and thinking wow like this is i grew that like that's incredible <laughs> um, yeah. but then i passed him to my husband and i stood up and stepped out and they dried off my legs and I waddled with a little Chuck's pad to my bed and they tucked me in and it was just mm. awesome. They asked if I was hungry and I said, yeah. And, uh, my midwife cooked me a fried egg and my husband fed it to me while I nursed my son for the first time. And, oh man, it's just the craziest. It's so dreamy. And I literally can't believe that that was mine. Like that was, I did that. That was my birth and my experience. Like, it was so amazing. It was just the best, like really, really the best. I told my husband three weeks postpartum, like, listen, I, I don't really feel like I, I'm not feeling called to have a fifth child, but can I have another home birth <laughs> somehow? <laughs> because it's magic. It is so cool. It's really the coolest thing. Mm, I love that. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds absolutely yeah, so, amazing. <laughs> it was, it was so, it was so crazy. And my doula um, had actually at, at the end, like right as my son was being born, right after he was born, she pulled out her camera and snapped some photos. And um, in all of my other births, I've had like a whole crowd of family there and this is the first time that it was me and Nick and our birth team. And so when I found out that she had the camera out and I actually got a few photos, like 
oh, it was just, it's such a blessing. It is, it was so crazy to see the pictures because I didn't think I was ever going to have any pictures of that. But then mm. also just like to experience it was insane. It was amazing. 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. The, what about, um, did you yeah. have any tearing or anything? So that's what's crazy. I tore with my first three births and this one I did not. And I just got mm -hmm. to tell you, <laughs> when he was born, um, my midwife and her student like went to measure him and the midwife said, well, that can't be correct because she was measuring him with the tape measure. And so they straightened out and she readjusted and it was correct. He was 22 and a half inches long. And so then she was like, all right, we need to take bets on how big this baby is, how much he weighs. <laughs> and so we all threw in a guess and all of us were wrong because he was 10 pounds, four ounces. What? what? So, yeah, huge, <laughs> huge baby. Oh my goodness. And, I love <laughs> yeah. And what's really crazy, this is the craziest part is that I, I tore, but it was like so minimally that I did not need even one stitch. Like wow. not one. It was just like for the next, you know, five days or so kind of keep your legs together, take it really easy and it'll heal up just fine because it was so insignificant. And I've had like, <laughs> I think the least amount of stitches I've had is like five. So it was awesome. I had zero. So cool. With mm. the biggest baby of all four of mine. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a big boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And, and I think, and I love um, that because I, if you had been in the hospital, they would have been, you know, measuring and growth scans and big baby, you can't do this. You can't deliver that, that big of a baby. Oh, for but. sure. Yeah. Look at you, girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is like, I feel like a huge part of why I didn't tear that way was because I was in the water and mm -hmm. because of how I was positioned. And with my, like, the way that I was um, laboring and the way that I delivered him would not have physically, I would not have been able to sustain that position without the water, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like, that yeah. it, like buoyed me up and it made a huge difference in how um, I was able to position myself. Um, and it's crazy cause he was so big and then he also presented with his hand. So yeah. my midwife was saying that she Ow. thinks that when I was in the shower um, and came out and I ended up on my bed that I actually was a lot closer than, um, than I had realized. But because of where his hand was, he just did not descend quickly. It was just a really slow mm -hmm. um, coming down because she was like, you got in that pool. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's ready. Like, it's time. And then the way I was sitting, I he, was, he wouldn't have come out that way. Like, I'm sure I could have pushed mm -hmm. him out on my back, but I, it really was not ideal um, and so as soon as I rolled over and there he was, like he came right out and it was, it just, everything about it was so perfect. I could not believe when she, she put him in that scale and he was 10 pounds, four ounces, <laughs> like all of us were cracking up. She told me he's like only the third 10 pound baby she's caught in her career. Wow. <laughs> it was just awesome yeah I was like yep that's mine like chalk one up for me because I did that <laughs> yes <laughs> totally yeah mm -hmm. you should be proud of yourself you, you deserve that oh, yeah awesome. man and then you can like just how powerful your story is too just not not just the fact that like you believed in yourself and you trusted your body and you did what it was you know telling you to do and all the things but then, like, just the icing on the cake was <laughs> that he was 10 pounds. Yeah. That, <laughs> totally. Totally. Oh, it's and so it's cool. interesting, too, because, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't realize that I needed a, quote, like, redemptive birth. Like, mm. that wouldn't have been – I was proud of all of my births. There was not um, – of course, there were things that I wish were different. Um, but looking back, like – 
this was so redemptive and so healing. Like I felt so good postpartum. Um, I was able to really, really listen to my body and take care of myself. So there was about five or six days that I really didn't get out of bed. <laughs> um, my husband really was able to take care of the other kids and um, kind of dote on me, which was fantastic. And I bled less than I have in any postpartum. Like I didn't have the, I didn't have any baby blues. I felt really good like the whole time. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. just been, I really think that it was so powerful that I've been like high on the birth (laughs) this whole time since. And I just, I'm so proud of it. To the point that I like want to tell everyone who will listen, like, <laughs> please let me tell you about my birth. <laughs> yeah. This is my 10 pound son. And it was amazing. Let me tell you all about it. Like, <laughs> it was really, really cool. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, it's wild too. So none of my babies have really had um, troubles with nursing so much. Um, my first was really difficult. Um, and then this little boy came along and... <laughs> He is the wild card for sure. We've had a lot of ups and downs with nursing and it's been, that has been the hardest part, but I feel like I have felt so good that I can, I can handle it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like sometimes when hurdles come up postpartum, if you are emotionally struggling, those hurdles seem like mountains, but when you're in a, like positive place and you're not feeling the overwhelm like you can tackle these things one at a time and realize like okay this is what I can control today and I'm I'm good with that um Mm -hmm. because he it's we ended up having um a lip a tongue and cheek ties all revised and we actually go again this week because I'm really concerned that he's we've got some like um, reattachment happening and I've just never experienced Mm. anything like that with any of my babies. So it's like such a blessing to have such an empowering birth. And then I feel so capable now, like obviously um, capable in birth, but I mean like I feel emotionally capable of being able to tackle this. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really feel like it set me off on just the right foot for what I had in store postpartum. Um, and he, he really is a sweet, sweet baby, but I really would love if nursing was easier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes a little while of adjusting and stick with it. You'll figure it out. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Support. And yeah. Um, so, so you haven't had any sort of baby blues or postpartum depression or anything. That's awesome. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, I mean, you're still so fresh six weeks, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, I am actually five weeks tomorrow. So, okay. Oh, five weeks. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're really fresh, but that's, that's so good. Yeah. I love that. You're yeah. just riding that birth high still beautiful. (laughs) Totally. It's, it's wild. I like, I just did not realize how much of a difference that could make because Mm -hmm. it's huge. Like it is so huge. And I, I felt so, um, you know, after he was born, I came into my own bed and I ate a good meal and we laughed and enjoyed each other. And we did all of the baby things um, that you have to do. And then they went home and I got to sleep and like, it is just so different compared to what you experience in the hospital. Um, that I, I don't think I even realized like truly how incredible postpartum can be. Like it doesn't have to be all the beeps and the lights and (laughs) someone in your room every 30 minutes. And like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that and that you can still be safe and, it can be magical and empowering and not that hospital births can't be those things, but it's like the literal icing on the cake. <laughs> like you get the amazing birth and the baby and you get to be calm after. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing I look forward to the most is, like, no interruptions after having the baby. Just, like, yeah, because I think that is, like, my last hospital birth wasn't bad. It it was actually a, a pretty good experience. But the postpartum, oh, I just hated it. Like... Yeah, yep. just everyone coming in all the time and yeah, like in the middle of the night, they're flipping on the lights and they're waking you up and waking up your husband and just, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't care to go through that again. No, no. Sure. And then the other thing too is like, I don't know, it's some like small nuanced things like, okay, fundal massages, like, yep, your uterus gets massaged and when you're at home, that happens too. But it's not someone on top of your hospital bed, like, <laughs> like digging into your gut or, mm. you know, like, it's just, it's so, it's so different. Um, and, and maybe part of that is that I have this emotional relationship with these women who are caring for me. So when she says, you know, I'm going to massage your uterus, even if it is uncomfortable, I'm like, oh, no, but I love and trust you. And it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's totally, uh-huh. it's so different than what you experience in the hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. but there's something really special about like being in your own bed. (laughs) Like there's no weird pillows that hurt your neck. (laughs) It's so awesome. It really was just the coolest thing. Um, very proud of all of my births, but, but that one was really, really special. Well, well, do you have anything else from, the the birth that you want to share or do you feel like you covered covered it all yeah um i would just encourage moms to really consider all of their options um i feel like we live in a society where <laughs> you're taught that the hospital is the safest place and um the way that i began to like kind of wrap my brain around the idea of having home birth was I realized that the only time that we go to the hospital is when something's wrong except Mm -hmm. for childbirth um and that that for me was really when it started clicking (laughs) that um these experiences that I had were because I was coming to a place where people go when something's going wrong um and I listened to every episode of this podcast and Hmm. any birth material that I could get my hands on. um, I really just obsessively studied and listened and um, found empowerment in listening to other women's stories. Um, I learned a lot. I found out that there's a lot of emotions that you feel that other people feel too, like, um, It just, I would encourage women to consider all of their options, but also to really empower themselves, no matter what birth you choose, because there isn't a right or wrong answer. Mm -hmm. There's going to be plenty of women who would never feel comfortable with a home birth. And I hope that me saying like, oh, you know, 10 out of 10 would recommend or um, how incredible it was that that doesn't feel belittling to women who wouldn't ever want that for themselves, because there's no shame in however you decide to birth your babies. But Um, or where you decide to birth your babies is really what it comes down to. Um, But just know that there are options and it doesn't have to be this clinical thing. Um, And if that's what it ends up being, like if something happens or, um, you know, if you end up finding yourself in that situation, that there is still beauty there too, you know, Mm -hmm. like, the more you empower yourself before and the more you educate yourself before, um, the more you'll see that in hindsight, like as you're going through it. Um, and when you look back on it, because I can look back on my birds and of course say, you know, Oh, I wish this nurse, I would have fired her or we should have done this differently. But the reality is that there is beauty in all of it. Um, it's just, you know, the eye of the beholder, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you threw that in there. Um, because like you said, not everyone is going to choose, you know, that path of home birth and, 
that's just kind of my motto is, you know, you have to, um, to go where you're going to feel safest and for some yep. people, they're going to feel safest at home and some people are going to feel safer in the hospital and some people are going to feel safest at a birth center. It just, yeah, it totally just depends on where your, where you feel, you know, is, is best and safest for you. And there's no shame in what you choose, but what matters is that you are the one that is in control of your experience, your birth, that you, you know, are the advocate for yourself and, um, you're in control and, you know, you, you might have to fight a little bit depending on where you go, but you can have, you know, the experience and, and the birth that you desire. It just, it just might look yep. a little different for some people. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. We all are yeah. so individualized and, you know, humanity is so nuanced. Like as individuals, we all have our own tiny little preferences. And so who's to say what's right for, you know, the individual other than the individual. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah. there is and, definitely and something magic that happens when babies are born. <laughs> yeah. It's the totally. coolest thing. Yeah. And I always encourage moms, even if they're going into the hospital to listen to home birth stories, because um, just hearing that like physiological birth process is so important. Um, and it's so yeah. like encouraging to just know that like you can do it, like you can do it. It doesn't matter what your past births have been. It doesn't matter if you've had a C-section, mm -hmm. you know, it does not matter what any other doctor has told you. Like, no, like you can do it. You know, our bodies were made to do this and yeah, it's, your baby's going to be born <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, we, we can do it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Awesome. Well, well, man, I loved hearing your story and, oh, it just makes me look so forward to my own birth just in a couple months. <laughs> oh, I'm no. just so excited and yeah. Oh, oh, I just love it. It, it was, um, even better than, than the little snippet you gave me in the email. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. I, I intentionally you. was like, I'm not going to tell her he's 10 pounds. Until <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That was a nice surprise. I love it. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming back on and sharing this story, especially, you know, when it's so fresh in your mind, I, I feel like the, 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 fresher postpartum you are the more details can come out and I always like appreciate when mamas are like sure I'll do it even though I'm you know just pushed out a baby five weeks ago <laughs> like uh, so I but really listen I just want everyone that. to hear it like yes. oh yeah you just still in that high like listen the checkout clerk I'm like he was born at home just so you know if you were curious <laughs> like so desperate to just tell people it's so incredible like well, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me back. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story. As a reminder, please rate and review our podcast, and you can connect with us on social media at Birth Journeys Podcast. For more information or to share your own story, please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire. See you next time.